0: You know, the, the older you get, the more uh, tired you feel and the less energy you've got. And it's uh-huh. like the relationships are a lot of work. They are. They're the, they're our greatest curse and our greatest blessing at the same time. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that
1: don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the hopper podcast
2: the hopper podcast is not professional advice just two guys spitballing so do your own research
1: dave have you heard of emo phillips do you know who that is i don't he is a comedian from some time ago he's got a kind of a weird affect but he is uh pretty funny let me play you something from him and something i want to get your reaction to maybe we can talk about. yeah okay
2: he said i used to believe in god i said that's good were you a christian or a jew He said, a Christian. I said, me too. Protestant or Catholic? He said, Protestant. I said, me too. What franchise? (laughs) He says, Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? He says, Northern Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist. He says, Northern Conservative Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist or Northern Conservative Reform Baptist. He says, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes region North Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Eastern Region. He says, North Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region. Nice and me too. North Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879. North of Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He says, North Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. I said, Die a heretic. And I pushed him over. okay I think
0: I have heard that voice before yeah he, I, yeah he's got an unusual voice doesn't he yeah I mean it's not you wouldn't forget that I didn't yeah. know the name but uh, emo Phillips yeah I had not heard that segment and that's um, that that's not only funny but man he's, he's striking at something that we care deeply about is yeah
1: it? yeah that's why I want to play for you he is interesting but uh, yeah there is something about um, uh, we always want to fight about something we always yeah. have to Differentiate ourselves in some ways and fight. What is going on with that? I think it's it's the us and them, yeah, mentality,
0: the tribalism, the. Um, I, basically, what I want is everyone to be me. I want the world duplicated. Yeah, uh, they they often say that that uh, married couples look alike, and then uh, people have come along and say, you know, this is probably because what you're looking for is a reflection of you. Hmm. Um. And so you you match up. I mean, that's that's kind of interesting, but also it feels shameful in a way, doesn't it? It kind of does, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you want people who are you. You want
1: multiplications of you. Yeah. And there's something very selfish about that. Yes. Okay. So I don't disagree with you, but I'm trying to think of an alternative. And there's also something not just selfish, but safe huh. To say I kind of know what to expect, yeah. and
0: I can really let my hair down and just be who yes, I am, exactly, yeah, without feeling threatened. That's actually a good thing, and um, well, I guess it's a good thing until you get into the the micro like this guy's right. talking about, right. where um, let's find the place where we disagree, and then we can be divisive, um, right? Instead of celebrating, and granular, all the ways, all the ways yeah. down to how how divisive can we possibly be instead yeah. of celebrating all the ways that we have things in common right our common humanity and and our common interests and just celebrating friendship and appreciating the ways that friends stretch us and challenge us without I mean that it's it's a continuum right I mean right. Some, some people really have a high tolerance for all kinds of different ideas and and irritants yes let's call them from other people yes and some just can't tolerate that well at all, and they, life's too short, I'm not going to put up with
1: anything I, I have that irritates me. You know, this goes back to a previous conversation that we had about conservatives and progressives, I think, just in mm-hmm. general, where conservatives are less able to tolerate um, differences and progressives are more able to tolerate differences. And uh, if, we have the, if our in-group is absolutely everybody everywhere, then it, that is really dangerous for us. And if our in-group is so tiny, tiny, tiny that I can't depend on anybody except myself, that's also very dangerous. And so what's good is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and I think that that's um, – I,
0: I think that personality is, is broader than that in terms of conservative – Oh, sure. sure, 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 There's Some it, people just can't tolerate anything that's not exactly what they want to hear. Well, fair on enough. On both mm-hmm. sides. That's right. Right. Um, but the, if you can stretch yourself without harming yourself, yeah. and that's going to be different for different people. Yeah. Um, and there may be relationships where you're like, okay, I'm going to try this again. Or you say, yep, that's. Uh, I'm kind of going to wrap this up a little bit. Right. Um, and that may be based on your own history and your own tolerance levels and all that, but there is a place where I think it's wise to say i'm going to spend less time with this person uh-huh. um, but I generally want people to to be more accepting and yeah. and um, and enjoy the uh-huh. differences uh-huh. and try to be united, yeah, and especially over what he's talking about your your religious <laughs> beliefs <laughs> yeah, right that's right. but to break it down into you know exactly what category are you so i can see whether you're you're right like me. Yeah, you yeah. know, or whether i can i can
1: call you a heretic. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, i can call you a heretic if you disagree with me about anything. Cuz then i feel more right about myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And there's something even more right if i can persecute the heretic. Right. Right? So i'm not just right, but I'm actually doing something about it, which makes me what's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and doing something risky, I guess, just, um, you know, by, by cleansing the world of the Mm -hmm. infidel.
0: You know, I think sometimes people give up too easily on relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's why, uh, when you're in a part of a family, uh, you, you keep working on those things typically harder than you would if you were just roommates or you just someone you met at school. Yeah. Um, and there's something to be said about that. Totally, something to be said about about consistency and following through and and being intentional and uh-huh. trying to work. But there's also something to be said where enough's enough. Like uh-huh. this is this is toxic and yeah. it's not helping. And uh, I I don't know. Where do
1: you draw the lines on those things? That those are really really difficult. I think um, boy, lots of things come into my mind. There are uh, let's see with marriage. And honestly, with children as well, family, uh, we have these commitments that i 'm really glad that we do, yeah, because there have been times in my marriage that if I had not made a vow to God, I would walk away, oh yeah, and my wife would say the same you, thing.
0: yes, you need that, and you need that vow that can, that determination uh, to make it work
1: i'm not even i 'm not saying that uh just theoretically, there are actual times right in my li- in my marriage where I would have walked away, yeah. I, I can identify things, and I know that my wife could say the same thing. And it's because of our the vows that we made to God that that have kept us together. And I'm very glad for that because right. this is not one of those times when I would want to walk away. Right. And actually, we have I've learned so much more about myself, and I've experienced love in a way that I wouldn't otherwise, because I stayed in the relationship when I otherwise would have walked away. And it really forces that reflection of self, yes. to be evaluated. Yes. That's right, right. And, then and it's that, not that's to just going to grow you and, and that's mature. Me. You. I have changed yeah. tremendously, but it's not to say that my wife, you know, uh, didn't need to change. Right, right. My complaints against her and hers against me—I don't mean to—but uh, uh, are legitimate. Yeah. But I also it helps me to change myself to stay in that relationship, and I think the same thing with kids. There are times with kids where you say, "Okay," at any given moment, you say, "Are you done with this child?" And are you ready to move on without a child? Ah, uh, yes. I think every parent has experienced at some point where you say, I'm done. I, this is too mm-hmm. much. I got, I need to walk away, but you're not allowed to yeah, because you have made a commitment. Do you, this, it is forever. And mm-hmm. so, okay. And actually you work through that and you say, you know what? I'm glad that I did. And family is that way. Um, there are marriages that need to break up, I think. And there are times when children are too much um, for various reasons. And But generally, I'm glad that those bars are ridiculously high, and we need to maintain them very, very high.
0: And I think that 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 tells us something about our other relationships, that we, we ought to work harder. We ought to stay in them. But in this modern era, you can't do that with the number of people that you know or your acquaintances. So those are the
1: closest relationships, yeah? Yeah. And I think that as you move out... Then, the bar lowers right um in general, because you just can't make that kind of investment Correct. in
0: so many places right um and so you do have to you have to choose that's some right. uh and and deny others and I think that that could be slippery in terms of like forming clicks or people I want my echo chamber, I want people just like me. that's a problem. Uh, I need a reflection of me, I need to multiply me, yep um but also i i want to feel comfortable i want to feel happy I want to feel known i want to feel appreciated yes, and th- there's a balance there yeah
1: you know um i i've i think that this is i remember hearing someone talk about uh churches and this is emo Phillips was talking about churches and That if a church draws its, uh, like a denomination or affiliation or whatever, draws its boundaries so broad that anybody can fit in, then what it means is that the church has no identity. Yeah. There is nothing that keeps everybody together in a group. On the other hand, if a church draws its identity so narrowly that only a handful of people can fit in... Also, it is there's no identity there either because, you know, it's um the only people who have their theology right are me and my wife and and I'm often yeah. suspicious about my wife. Or it has a strong
0: identity that's totally clandestine right. and insular and it can't it has no impact in the world and there's no way exactly. to get anyone in there. So that's
1: not a church either. Yeah. And so um churches, you got to have the boundaries set somewhere in between those things where being a part of the group is an identity because not everyone qualifies on the other hand there has to be a broad enough tent where people disagree with each other in in thought and in practice and whatever and so we need things to say uh these things um exclude you from our company and these differences don't exclude you from our company and sometimes that's really hard for churches and it's hard for individuals it's hard for companies it's hard for friend groups mm-hmm. you know all those kinds of things, but we need kind of a middle ground I think for all those
0: and and just what he's saying, we need to recognize our tendency to to really get down into minutia too quickly and to be too divisive about uh uh-huh. things that are are increasingly minor yeah I um, mean that, that's a that's a pretty good joke he,
1: he did there and a yeah. lot of truth behind it. There's a lot of truth behind it. You know, when I have gone to um, meetings of our denomination, one of the things that frustrates me is there's always someone at any meeting that we go to—not um, uh, always, but almost always— uh, people who want to argue about something, hmm. and so they got to find the thing that actually is a disagreement in the group, and they want to start an argument about it. And what I have found is that the more the div- more diverse the group is, then we start to argue about m- bigger and more important things. Mm-hmm. Just like he talked about the big, you know, in the joke, right? He starts right. off with, "Do you believe in God?" "Yes, I do believe in God." "Okay, are you a Jew or a Christian?" There are other options, of course, but he said, "Are you a Jew or a Christian?" Yeah. That's a much bigger distinction than. In the Christian world, uh, Protestant versus Catholic. And, of course, there are other Christians, but that's his joke. And then within the Protestant world, this is as much smaller. Okay, a yeah. Baptist. A, okay, so um, the larger the group is, the more when you when you argue... You're going to be arguing about bigger things. And I bring that up Mm -hmm. because in our denomination, um, it's mostly a white denomination. And a lot of our meetings are almost exclusively white people. And I think that's terribly inappropriate and really misguided. But that's how we have done it as a denomination. When I have seen it, when we've got a significant number of people who are not white, all of a sudden the kinds of things that we're fighting about elevate to much more important things to fight about. Hmm. The smaller the group, if you, so he's talking about, what did he say? Um, Northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes region. If you're, you know, then the thing that you have to, I don't know what the difference is between the council of 1912 and the council of whatever the other one was. Right. But that difference has got to be Tiny minutia compared to Baptist versus Presbyterian, or you know uh, Christian versus Jew, whatever. The the more diverse you get, the more important the conversations are. Yeah, does that make sense? Uh-huh. And so, I would like to see our denomination, at least and church wise, grow to include more people, so that we can have a higher level of conversation. Because I think a lot of what we're talking about is what he's, you know, do you agree with this council or that council? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, maybe I'm getting into the weeds here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's, it, it, you can get to a point again where it, it gets too broad. You can, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, And then then you're like, what does it mean that I'm a part of this group if that person can be a part of this group? Right. And uh, yeah, I I have not experienced that in our denomination. But if we, uh, you know, when we get to that place, that's going to be very alarming to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and different
0: people had different sensibilities about exactly. that. And that's why there's a
1: lot of fights about exactly how strict we're going to be. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so that's in the churches, but it happens in, happens uh, in your family, it happens absolutely. in your relationships, that's who you're right. You're living with and that's right. Who you hang out in school and what degree of variation is tolerated within this group? Mm-hmm. You know, and That's in an individual family, in a school, in a whatever. What degree of variation can be tolerated in this group? And it seems to me that you can connect really well
0: with someone who's very, very different over a common interest. Mm -hmm. And then you can share that commonality and then experience the different perspective in Mm -hmm. a safer Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. um, because you have that common focus. Yeah. To, to bind you. Yeah. And if you're just different in every way, it's really hard. Yeah, it is. And so I, I think it, it always helps to have a purpose or a, uh, you know, you go to a judo class and yeah. there are people there that you normally wouldn't see or hang out with. Absolutely. And you share that interest in judo and that permits all kinds of relationship changes, growth. Yes. And uh, and because you have that, that point of, of interest.
1: Yeah, I'm a part of a, a variety of different groups, and that's really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that is, that is really important. Yeah. Yeah, we have this. And that's true, honestly, for my judo club. For sure. There's actually uh,
0: people who have done research on marriages, and they can profile people's personalities and with pretty high mm. statistical outcomes decide whether they think this, these people will make it or not. Is that right? Based upon how much commonality they have. You're talking about the Gottman Institute? Uh, uh, well, uh, he's no, but uh, I'm talking about a, a guy that I knew who um, used a bunch of resources and did a lot of premarital counseling. He's a counselor. Yeah. And he said that he had he had yet to um, to fail in a prediction. Is that right? Of, of the hundreds of people that he counseled oh, okay. for marriage. Um, and I, I know he was using other tools. I just don't know what those tools were. Oh, he's probably yeah. using the stuff from the Gottman Institute. Well, I we should put that in the hopper cuz that's yeah, there's a lot of good stuff another there. And other personality profiles, I yeah. think mm-hmm. he was. Uh, oh, okay. And and yeah, so uh you need a a wide base of commonality if you're going to go the distance with somebody. Mhm. Um, but you also need areas where you're going to grow. That's in- inevitable. Yeah, right. Especially in a marriage because you're so close. You're, you know how you squeeze a toothpaste becomes an issue. Right. 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 Wh- which way do you hang the toilet paper roll? Uh huh. You know, you, you can argue about all kinds of stupid stuff. Well, that one's actually not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and and you know, you can get into a lot of minutiae, right? Yeah. And, but the if a marriage is going to make it, you have to realize uh, there are going to be differences. And I don't need to, I don't need to make a perfect carbon copy of all of my interests and all of my opinions in this other person. I, whoever tries to change their spouse like that is going to lose the game of marriage. <laughs> yes. It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. And Gottman has, has well supported that. Yes, yes, um, yes. Uh, you uh, you want to have a happy marriage, Don't don't try to change all those little details. Right. Enjoy what you have in common. But before you get married you should be evaluated yeah, about how much you have in common and, and where those points of growth you know, will be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that you go in with your eyes wide open and you get the best chance of survival. You know, this is kind of getting off topic, but uh, I've counseled people and you can tell when they've made a decision, they've made a decision, uh-huh. and they don't care what you have to say. Uh huh. Um, they're in love, and they're in the vapors of of
1: cloud nine. Y- you mean getting married? Yeah. Decision, getting married. Go- yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: they're gonna they're gonna go oh, forward, yeah. and and they're just looking for your blessing. Yep. And you sit down with them, and you're like, Hey, I don't really see this going someplace good. I think we need you need to slow down. We need uh-huh. to talk a lot more. Uh-huh. Oh no no no, you know, or it, they might listen, but they're still gonna do what they're gonna do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I have met people like that. You know what I say to them? What do you say? Uh, I don't know if this gets through. And maybe these people are listening to our our podcast (laughs) now. (laughs) And Now you understand what I'm saying. But uh, I have said to them, uh, y'all are madly in love and that blinds you. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you, and I want you to look, think back years to come. I want you to think back on this conversation. There is help that you can get to help you move forward mm-hmm. uh, because I can see things that you cannot see yeah. that are really there and I'm so glad that you are blindly in love because that is, uh, you are over the moon and that experience is wonderful and it's a great gift and there is a dark side and to there that is gift. there's some trouble brewing. There is a dark side to that gift. Yeah. Uh, but you can get help to move forward mm-hmm. and so please do that when when the time comes when you see that
0: i was a soothsayer <laughs> and that i was right and that well and i think
1: i think you're in the misery of the woes one thing i tell everybody you is, think
0: back to this time yeah, when i told you you know
1: one of the things i tell everybody is you always marry the wrong person who wasn't mm-hmm. that said that I, I don't know if it comes from tim keller or somebody you always marry the wrong person the person that you marry is not who you think you marry um and that that person is going to bring out the worst in you. That's just how marriages work. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised when that happens. That will happen. That's true for every marriage. Yeah, for every marriage.
0: Yeah, it's interesting when people are having trouble. How historical they get, right? Yeah, yeah. All, all the way back, I had this issue or this problem. Where, uh-huh. you know, I knew this all along, and I ignored it. Right. And, um. And and if you want to stay married, you you can't.
1: You can't do that. You can't focus. Well, so there's that. There's those people, and then there's yeah. the other people who say, uh, "He changed just overnight. I don't know what happened." Yeah. Or you know, it didn't used to be this way. She was a much better person before. You know, the the truth is that people ha- are stay the same character, but they also change and grow. And so you like you can yeah. look at both of those and say, "I thought things would never change," or you can say, "I knew it all along." Yeah.
0: <laughs> There, there is a time when everybody has to remember what it is that uh, made you gravitate to this person in yeah. the first place. Yeah, yeah, um, And that kind of history is good. Sure. And I like, uh, you know, Dobson makes a uh, a great quote. Okay. I, I use it all the time. He says, you go into marriage with your eyes wide open, and then you close them halfway. Hmm. You need to go in with all the information. You need to go in fully ready to to uh, to know what you're going to deal with, and then- you you need to ignore a lot
1: once you get in there. I love that quote. I've not heard that before, but I love the idea. If we say it, and I'm sure this is what he means, um, that that is your intention. Mm-hmm. Your intention is to look at everything clearly and make a careful judgments about everything. Right. Then once you get in, you you don't uh, you got judge as harshly. Don't get because, down to the what what counsel you're, you you know, die heretic. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't get to that. On the other hand, the reality is, and I've told people this too, the reality is, uh, before you get married, you have no idea who this person is. You are blinded. Your eyes are mostly shut. You think you see, but you don't. You do not see. When you get married, your eyes are forced open to see things that you did not want to see or you wanted to deny was there. And so uh, the reality is, I think people get married, their eyes are half shut, and then they're forced yeah. open to um, Right. Depends on the perspective of how you use that analogy. You need to fight to, to go in with your eyes wide open. Right. Fight. Yeah. Just, yeah try to open your eyes to see yeah. what's actually there. Get some
0: premarital counseling and listen. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's right. Yeah. Love, uh, That that sensation is not only blinding to like factual thinking <laughs> it it's so toys with your reward center and your motivation mm-hmm. um and it there's like an addictive piece to it yeah uh you need to recognize that there there's a, a biochemical addictive component yeah and so you are you're a crack addict
1: uh-huh. making decisions yep <laughs> you <need laughs> but to consider you know that. here's the thing though if you were to, and I also have told this to many, many people, if you were to know all that you know, no, no. If you were to know all that you will know in 20 years about your spouse, there's no way you're going to get married. There's no way. Hmm. Um, it's, you know, like I said, uh, for every marriage comes to a place where you say, are you are you wanting to walk away right now? Absolutely. I would make that decision. And if you knew then, if you you knew that stuff, before you were married, you wouldn't get married. And so that blindness helps people to actually make a commitment that's going to be good for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you need to hold on to that commitment when the going gets tough. Overall,
0: I think I would say I would do it all again. Would you always have said that?
1: No. Of course. Okay. There, that's course, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Precisely. That's what I'm talking about. There yeah, are those too. moments where you're like, screw yeah. this, man. Totally, yeah, and and if you take that information, I mean, all that stuff is true, uh, and the things about your wife that are that upsetting, and her, you know, looking at you as well, um, that that there is some truth there, that like, why would anyone want to marry this person? And if you saw that reality before you got married. You probably wouldn't, and nobody would. Who would make this commitment to somebody who's so broken and sinful? And but we need people to do that. Yeah. It's the same thing with kids, right? If you knew how much grief they would cause you at various times, who would have who? Just the simple thing of the the pain. Just you know, when a woman gives birth, a mother gives birth. Uh, if you if she knew how much pain this was going to cause, like okay, we're not going to let's not do this. And so then there's these drugs that come in to uh, change the feelings in your brain uh, to mask all that pain, right? So, oh, I I do want to do it again. (laughs) Now I'm regretting my decision. (laughs) You sound a little jaded. (laughs) I mean, mean, it's like uh,
0: it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all, that old adage, right? Yeah. It's better to have a relationship um, even with its turmoil – than not to have one. Yeah. Um and I think I've I think there was a uh you start off with a uh an ambition to be one and uh you're in that those vapors of of love and then there's like the harsh realities that come in and the, and there's the the rearing of children and all the the decisions and the mundane things and mm-hmm. the, the arguments or whatever. And then, you know, we're we're almost close to being empty nesters and and I I look back and reflect on just how great um how valuable! How the, the the weightiness of this institution, yeah, and the friendship that I have with my wife, and the uh, it's just, um, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. It's just great, and um, it's a lot of hard work. That's a lot of hard work. But it's like the the, the other adage, you know, anything worth having is worth working for. It's no like, doubt about it. Um, it's it's got to take a, a lot of hard work if it's going to be great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um you're right about that. You're right about that. And I think all of us are weak enough that we would give up on it too too soon. Yeah. The commitment piece really helps. Yeah. yeah. Mhm.
0: Yeah, and and um how might that be better applied to church families? You know? Uh, the commitment of it yeah, yeah. Uh, we we were we're in an age i mean you you look at sports uh when we were growing up you had the same teams same players same characters on those teams yeah. for years and years and years yep, yep. and uh and in, in a way that was bad because if you had a losing team you're you're kind of you're stuck yeah it's not a lot of impro- way to improve that but if um if today whoever's playing for uh the the golden state warriors yep uh, may be playing for uh, someone else next year. Sure. And uh, and the teams are changing all the time. Yeah. And that's kind of the way our society's been moving. Yep, with, totally. uh, And it's being spread out uh, a mile wide, an inch deep. Yes. And so I think about where is community really happening other than just a marriage or a family? And a place like church uh, is worth those deep investments. Yes. It's worth... Uh, the time and the commitment and the difficulties and yes. working through those things, so that you yes. can have a a larger family yes to belong to and participate with yes um and yeah you're right you're not gonna you're not gonna argue about as minor things inside that or you shouldn't uh-huh um, inside the a, a greater body with more diversity more people and more opinions right you need to focus on the bigger the yep. bigger things mm-hmm. but the um, the level of investment yeah. People need to invest in community. They yeah. need to invest in their relationships. Um, loneliness is one of the the biggest factors yep. for, uh, especially older men. Yeah, they're lonely. Yeah, they're they're isolated and alone. Yeah, and our society has broken down in uh, so many dramatic ways. Yeah, we need to be intentional.
1: We need, I think that's right.
0: we need to hang out. We need to do stuff together. We, I think that's right.
1: Yeah, Our church, um, we have a YouTube channel so that you can watch church online if you want to. And a lot of churches do that now, and it's been a lot more since the pandemic. And then we got all this technology and allows us to do that. Uh, I go and see folks who are shut-ins, who aren't able to travel, get out of their homes. A lot of them aren't able to get out of their beds. And that is a way for them to connect to their church community, which is wonderful and beautiful. Having said that, the availability of that uh, way of connecting with churches, uh, I think, gives excuse to people in a way that is extraordinarily damaging. Extraordinarily damaging to say, it's okay for me to connect online, basically. I'm Mm. getting what I need because it destroys that community Mm -hmm. to be in person And to be a part of the group that way and Mm -hmm. to, and all the things that happen in that thick community. To know people and to be known by people. Exactly. To see and be seen is essential to life. Yeah. And so uh, I think this is true in all kinds of circumstances where, you know, um, it is the technology helpful to some people it is it absolutely is cuz i those are my patients and mm-hmm. i and they are so glad to know what's happening and it's the only way they would be feel so isolated and lonely otherwise they still do but that's a little that's a bit of a lifeline then we say oh that's a legitimate way of worshiping okay then all of a sudden people right. say find that as an excuse to disconnect themselves right. out of convenience and yep. then wonder why they're lonely. Which is what you're saying. It's always easier to take the path of least
0: resistance. Exactly. And and knowing everyone who has ever been a part of a church knows how difficult it can be. Oh, yeah. And Real so, hard. Yeah. And so uh, people regularly leave church or regularly disconnect or, I'm done with this group, I'm out. Um, and they do that way too fast. Yeah. and and i'd say that's probably true for a lot of people with their jobs yep. and and where they're living and living in you know there is something about fortitude and and stick to itness yes um but it has its limits too yeah and there are there you can legitimately improve your circumstances i'm not saying hey this is a better spouse let's let's divorce this one and find that one but
1: but like a different job um yeah so uh, the spouse thing has a higher bar but it's not on un- right? a, a uh, an infinite bar right and so yeah I I understand I yeah. understand and and if we if you get to a place where you are constantly moving from place to place to place person to person to person and I mean I guess you could say they're all stupid um well you know you got to settle yeah. you got to have uh yeah, some or- consistency somewhere <laughs>
0: If, you, if you've if you never been vulnerable in a place where people realize that you're in need yeah. and you've never experienced them pouring out love and help for you in that time, yeah. you're missing a lot. Totally. And yeah. you, you think you don't need that, but you're, you're delusional. We all suka. need it. Yeah. You just, we all need just it. Just a matter of time. Yeah. And uh, I think some people really take pride in that. I'm an island. I'm independent because yeah. they have to, because they haven't done the work of connecting yeah. in a relationship, and yeah. so it feels it feels stronger and it feels more uh, self-satisfying to say, "I don't really need any of that. I'm yeah. I'm off on my own." Well, no. I struggle
1: with that a bunch. Do you? That's that's me. Yeah, I,
0: I can feel that. Yeah. 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 You know, the, the older you get, the more uh, tired you feel, and the less energy you've got, and uh-huh. it's like the. Relationships are a lot of work. They are. They're the they're our greatest curse and our greatest blessing at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's where the the most abundant sense of life comes from, and also where you can just have the the hardest heartache and pain and difficulty, just just be entirely irritated. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: it's it's the best and the worst. It's the best and the worst. <laughs> and relationship and love. I mean, that's what you're talking about. Is love that that is the heart of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really believe that. And that's that's why it's and when when it's done well, it is that's what life is. Yeah. And when it's done poorly, it's equally um horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's worth the the battle. It's worth the effort. It's worth learning and growing and
1: improving your your side of the the equation, you know. Yeah. Yeah well i'll tell you that i have been um very glad to be your friend for these decades uh and uh we have even even our friendship has struggled at times um but we yeah. we we keep coming back and i i appreciate that and i'm i'm glad to yeah likewise be brother. in your life
0: Hey, we've got bonus episodes for you.
1: You asked for them, we got them. Yep,
0: more Hopper goodness.
1: Bonus episodes that are only for our Patreon subscribers. We're a little bit freer to tell stories that we don't really want out there in the public. It's like, I don't know, the Hopper podcast after dark.
0: Oh, yeah, like the time we went to see the Rock Hard Willie band. You've said too much already. (laughs) Okay, it's easy. Just touch or swipe the cover art on the Hopper podcast on your podcasting app and you'll find show notes. Follow the link there and sign up to give us a little bit of money each month, $5, 10 $20. At any level, you'll get immediate access to all our bonus episodes. We'll send you a special link to a new private podcast feed, and you'll get all the bonus episodes on your phone automatically.
1: We love our Patreon supporters, and we treat them right. You know who you are? Thank you so much. You can become a HOPPA Podcast Insider today. Dave, I'm mad. Willie is mad, y'all. Yep, again. Here we go. Ah. Uh, We have talked about how um, we are clearing away wetlands and um, all kinds of good nature that is there and needs to be protected. But we're clearing it away to make um, more buildings, more houses, more commercial stores and stuff Uh like that. And one of the ways that we're doing that is that people are putting their homes in places that are uh, going to have natural disasters, Right. Right. So in Florida it's flooding and in California it's wildfires. Uh-huh. But there's other places as well. Those are the two quintessential places. Uh-huh. And lots of people are moving to Florida, lots of people moving to California, um and so and what happens is the flooding, you put a uh, put a house right down there by the ocean and there's going to be a hurricane, there's going to be something else like that that comes right. along and just floods everything and destroys it. Yeah. Um I heard about this one lady in New Orleans was it in New Orleans, near New Orleans, um, who had had a home that um, FEMA has bought her a new home to rebuild her entire home seven times now. Wow. Seven times. Now, here's the thing. She can't get insurance for her home. And uh, no one in Florida can get insurance for their homes against flooding, against hurricanes. It's not possible Uh because insurance rates are too high. And what's happening now is that the government has stepped in, and the government, state government, and then federal government through FEMA, is basically insuring everybody. Hmm. And at some point, this lady who has a home that's, that has been rebuilt for her seven times, we need to say, you need to move somewhere else. This mm. is not a good place for a home. Right. And in and in um, California, the same kind of thing is happening. Where We've got wildfires on a regular basis. It's a pretty scheduled. They're building out further and further and further into this wilderness where the wildfires happen. Yeah. So that when fi- when the fires come okay, now we have to come in and there has to be massive amounts of... And then the homes are destroyed and they're going to be rebuilt. Um, and there's no taxes for that. This is just like an emergency situation. This happens every year. It's very consistent. It's very regular. And the politicians come in and what are we going to do? We're not going to help these people. We are going to help these people. We're going to mm-hmm. keep paying out. And what? And the local communities, though, aren't paying for it. Here's what happens. You get a community... A, sub, a suburban area in in California that is edging toward these forest fires and getting further and further into where the forest fires are going to be. Yeah. Well, they don't have to pay for it. What they're going to say is, we're going to build these massive homes, you know, two million dollar homes. We're going to have a whole bunch of them. What is that? That's a tax base. And so we go. That goes to the zoning board. Do y'all want a another uh, giant base of revenue? Do you want another giant base of revenue or not? And the answer is yes, we do. Mm -hmm. And so then they put it in there, and the the houses get burned down, Mm -hmm. and then they're get then what are we going to do for these poor people? Well, a politician's going to say, we are going to stand with our people. We're going to rebuild. We're going to be strong. We are strong with our community. I stand for the people who have been victimized. Mm -hmm. We're going to rebuild, and we just keep, the the homes get destroyed, we rebuild them. The homes get destroyed, we rebuild them. The revenue comes in, the revenue goes out. The revenue comes in, the revenue goes out. But it is federal tax, it's federal money, it's our taxes Mm -hmm. that are going to rebuild these homes over and over and over again, because- they cannot afford the insurance they they're building in places where we know we know the homes are going to be destroyed Uh there is something really messed up about that yeah so um you
0: have an interesting rant going on here yeah Yeah, you're mad i'm mad Um, about this and so uh i think that you i think it's legitimate to be upset with people who keep building in the same place yes but i am what i've heard you say makes me upset with the government the government continues to bail out people and enable them to be stupid. This is part of what I'm saying, yes. I mean, people need to learn. Uh, th- there's one way people learn. Yes. And that's failure and loss. Right. That is a really good teacher. Yes. And if they just keep getting... You keep enabling people, there's always a safety net. People don't learn, and they don't change their behavior. Now, this lady loses her house once, Yeah. and she can't get insurance? Yeah, she then, can't get insurance. Then, then uh, well, okay, so... She could get insurance initially. I'm thinking. No, she could never get insurance on her house at any time. I, I, well, I'm not. Pos- not right I, don't about know, that. I don't
1: know about her particularly, but yeah. basically. Oh yeah, there are houses that are being built right this moment in Florida that it's not possible to get insurance on them. You mean flood insurance? Flood insurance. Yeah, because they're, in a, they're, they're in a flood zone. Yeah, totally. So if
0: you well, hurricane zone, they would. So, you know, that's yeah. This is where I say the individual. If you're going to build a house in a known flood zone, yeah. where you know you cannot get flood insurance, right. And a flood happens. Guess what? That was
1: your choice. Yeah, that's what it should be. That's not what it is, though, right. because Cause cause Florida and uh, the same thing in California. I'm not talking our about particular people. Are stupid. Yes, that's right.
0: Our gov- and and if our government is stupid, then the same person will be stupid when they get their money back and they say, I want to build right back in this flood zone again without insurance. Because this is my
1: home. Because, this is where yeah, I live. This because is... the
0: government's going to bail me out. Totally. So uh, it's
1: stupidity begetting stupidity. And I don't know the answer to this because when this happens, so we're coming up to hurricane season. We're going to have a bunch of hurricanes. They're going to wipe out a whole bunch of people. It's probably going to be in places that we already knew this is where they're going to be. Hurricanes sometimes go off track, but we kind of know where they're going to be and where they're going to flood places. And so those folks, what are we going to do with those people? They are displaced. It's terrible. Are we actually not going to help them? So I think that- I understand that struggle and politicians who need to be reelected. Well well, of course that's yeah. that's part of the
0: problem yeah um, exactly the uh hurricanes are different, they do go all over the place. Um, the question is, is your house in a flood zone uh because when, what the the most damage done by a hurricane is the flooding yes, yes yes, yes, um and so uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've considered living in Florida, you've lived in Florida i have uh I would like to live there one day maybe i yeah, I, sure. And so, but I'm not going to buy in a flood zone where yeah. I can't get flood insurance. And I would get flood insurance in Florida. Which means that the free market, quote free market, is going to be de- helping me to determine where's a safe place to have a h- house or not. Right. Now when the government gets involved, it
1: screws it up. I think the government is involved in almost every homeowner's policy in Florida. You know, it almost the entire state, I if think. The government wants to help.
0: They they need to set some some requirements on, uh, or some, some limitations on what insurance companies can and can't do yeah. so that they're not exploiting people, yeah. but they also need to, uh, to reinforce the insurance company's decisions about flood zones yeah. to say, this is not a good place to build. yeah. This doesn't make sense. And, and why would the, why would the government step in and, and enable and reinforce people making these bad decisions? Yeah yeah it, politicians want to uh, where are the where's the american people saying hey you're making a terrible decision here um oh you mean uh, to to support these people who keep building this house 7 times over in a flood zone
1: uh-huh. i i keep supporting them that's a bad decision yes yes it is i'm okay where are the american people i'm one of them yeah um and but we need to interrupt the cycle at some reasonable point and let everyone know this is what's going to happen and give people time to adjust. They have, they have now, because our government has been so stupid, um, people have, have uh, set their lives based on this. You can imagine yeah. like someone retiring and saying, because of that, I'm going to build right on the coast, because oh, yeah. that's where, you know, where I'm I really want to be. I'm thinking about it right now. Totally. Oh, you're telling me FEMA money will pay?
0: If I can't get something that's insurable, FEMA's going to pay for it? There's nothing insurable in that, Florida. This just, is what I'm
1: saying. That just incentivizes you. Totally. Totally it does and people have done that okay so now what are you going to do man that's that's a tough answer but it is foolishness to keep on going but because we got a system of a governmental system where we elect people new like every few years every 2 years for congress and ever you know very very frequently we're electing people then they only have to deal with issues that impact the next 2 years or next 4 years and so beyond that that's somebody else's problem. Right. And that's why we're in the situation that we're in. It's terrible. Yeah. We can we can artificially
0: bolster the economy so I exactly. look
1: good and the next guy looks bad, whoever that is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so what's the chances that this house in Florida or in California is going to get destroyed in the next two years? Really low. What's it what's the chances it's going to get destroyed in the next thirty years? Really high. Okay. So I'm going to bet that it's not going to get destroyed the next two years. But even so, even if it does, they don't have to. But they get the revenue. Like, oh, we got a huge tax base now. We got all these yeah. stores and businesses, and the community's growing, and that's because of me. And we don't have to pay for the risk right. of.
0: And, and the local municipalities ought to be the ones involved in this. Totally. Right? And so the whole country's paying federal tax, and the federal tax is going to bail people out. Yeah. Then the municipality's off the hook for yeah. making these kinds that's of decisions. That's right. That's right. Right. And they're the ones who should be saying no. You can't build in these areas. Right. Or or uh, we're gonna we're gonna we uh, the whole state of Florida has has a lot of flood zones, but there are places that aren't flood zones. Well, that's you can enough. get flood insurance there. Yeah, but you can't in the flood zoned areas because they're which is a huge part of the state. It's a very flood. flat state. Yeah, um, and so yeah, that, that's not a good place to build a home. Um, or maybe we need to do more, you know, the pile driving homes that are they're made to withstand floods. Mm-hmm. Uh, something mm-hmm. right, but let's let's use our noggin. Instead of just
1: having the federal government and everyone's tax money. Yeah. I agree and, with you. This is a good rant. And some of it is not... Some of the issue is not so much about where you build, but how you build. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Some forms of construction... You know, back 50 years ago, they were building houses that fit with the kind of weather patterns that they have there. Yeah. But it's more recently that FEMA has been coming in and bailing everybody out every single time. Then, mm-hmm. okay, then we can just build however we want to, and that's fine if somebody... Uh, you know, because I wanted a different design anyway. You know, right. every few years a hurricane yeah. comes through. And- it, it, the old houses along the beach
0: are low. Yep. They're concrete. Exactly. They have extra uh, rafter protection yes. and, and, and codes for yep. for hurricanes. Yes. And now, uh, you notice you go to the beach and there's like these two-story, three-story there houses that are stick-built. And, uh-huh. Big glass uh, windows. Yeah. And, and, of course, those are uh, who wouldn't want to live in, in that place like yeah, that? Yeah, those are gorgeous. Until
1: there's a hurricane. Right. Until there's a flood, um, yeah. And so all those building codes, you know, okay, we get rid of those because FEMA's going to pay for it. Yeah. If, if, if it's destroyed, FEMA's going to pay for it. No big deal. And hurricanes are actually great about that. Well, wildfires, too, because you get plenty of warning, more with hurricanes than wildfires. But you get warning so that, you, you know, you take you and your pets and your family and just go somewhere else and wait yeah. till your house burns down or floods, and then you could just rebuild. These are one of the problems with, with government is... Um,
0: the government is terrible at tough love Mm -hmm. it's terrible at it but it also like there is a place where people need help yeah and the question is is that the role of government or should government incentivize and make it conducive for local uh, municipalities and and communities to help each other right um could there be tax breaks and other things that would that would help promote uh, that kind of generosity and giving, or is it something that that Big Brother has to take responsibility for mm-hmm. all the time? And then whoever's in office, and whoever is patting, whoever's back, and who's you know who knows who, and all of the corruption that can that can come to play. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something about just communities of people taking care of themselves, of their own. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's a place. Uh, there's also been history where communities have uh, taken care of their own and not. Uh, black folk, or not, uh, you right. know Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immigrant and refugee uh, populations, yep. absolutely. Um, where where government does have to step in and make some rules, and so it's like this balance, yep. right? But the the consistent enablement, yep, uh, never helps anyone. Yep, that's right. And anyone who has a victim mentality, and, and you pour gas on it, yep, it, it doesn't. It, it's not going to help them. That's right. It's not going to help the community. It's not going to help our our economics or right. our our system. Right. Um, people there is a there is a real place for learning the hard way
1: yeah and this is actually going to get worse as climate change continues to progress mm-hmm. and we're going to have more and bigger hurricanes more and bigger wildfires and these kind of things are going to be bigger and it's just not sustainable and yeah. not i don't think enough people are talking about
0: it you know, I, it, another thing I'd like to see happen with the insurance companies is for places that where people have really, uh, where they are building responsibly, they, they need to have better, uh, ra- I know they do have better rates, but I think they need to be maybe more extreme. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you're going to keep building in a flood zone, obviously they said we're not going to insure you for flood at all. Right. Right. Um, uh, but if you're if you're in a a low line area, you know, like degrees, uh-huh. I know that they need to assess risk and they need sure. to price accordingly. They do. They do. Right. But um, it, it's I find it interesting that when people are doing the right thing, there's hardly any reward for them. That's right. You know, in there's these always kinds of a penalty for the people who aren't doing what we want. But where's the where the you know the there's yeah. not a lot of a benefit for folks who are really trying to be responsible in that way.
1: Well, I I kind of trust in the in the free market here. Um, because I think that, um, insurance companies there are, it is a free market and, and, um, or there's potential, there's, there's regulations or whatever, but, yeah, they're, um, they're conglomerates too. And, and like, yes, they're But they're, but they're and... trying, but they are not exactly in, they're, they're not a not for profit. They're trying to make a profit Right, and there are multiple different companies that can compete for your business. And so they're trying to assess for risk, right. and that's the main thing. They're not trying to reward those who are doing well. They just want to make money, right? Which in this circumstance is not that bad. And so maybe the government needs to step in and say, "Hey, look, if you are doing the right thing and getting your own insurance, then we'll, we'll help you."
0: Right. Maybe, yeah. Or just, um, you know, there was a there was a policy that came out. Um, I can't remember when, I think it was during the Obama administration where I was paying healthcare premiums yeah. and we were very healthy at yeah. the time. Yeah. And those premiums were, uh, I mean, they yeah. were absorbent. I mean, they were, they're awful. Yeah. And I got to check back because of some legislation that said you can only make a certain amount of markup on, right. on people. Okay. Um, and I thought, you know, this is now that's a little bit, help, that's more helpful that's because helpful. Yeah, they they kind of all scratch each other's back in this. Like, this is going to be the the quote free market. Right. This is going to be the rate that we're going to charge people. And, and right. you can go to this company, you can go to that company. True, but they're all charging you right. excessively to pay for the people who are um, who are yeah. unhealthy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or, I, or not carrying insurance. Healthcare insurance is not completely different, but it is it is different enough that I think that that's a different. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with healthcare. With laws, yeah. and it's, it's a little bit That's been in the hopper unique. a long time, man. We need to pull that out some point. Okay, um, yeah. And do do some healthcare. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that any effort to uh, hold people accountable um, for the building projects, and there mm-hmm. are thousands of them right now, this moment, uh, irresponsible building projects. We yeah. need to hold those people accountable and let them bear the cost of the risk that they are incurring. Hmm. But I don't see any way of us actually doing that. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should run for uh, no. some sort of uh, <laughs> no. political and 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 make that <laughs> run on that platform and see right. what happens. We're gonna drain the the swamp. Yeah, I mean the ocean. We're gonna
0: <laughs> we're gonna drain all these
1: housing developments that are <laughs> that are uh, getting hit by hurricane after hurricane after hurricane. We're gonna empty y'all out. Yeah. Now that's no one. Who's going to run? People, on that? listen.
0: We're going to freeze up a bunch of ocean water into big blocks of ice. Okay, <laughs> we're going to reverse global warming. Vote for me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. You've made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations, you win a six day tour of Flint, Michigan. Oh, you better not drink the water. Now, to claim that
0: prize, write us at thehopperpodcast at or leave us a voicemail at 214 267 9287 and join us next time where we'll discuss if Puff Daddy has any real talent. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, or join our voice, Facebook group at the Hopper Podcast.
1: The Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by Burger King's new item: single wrapped fries. That's going to hit big.
2: It's going to be a big one.
1: Yeah, uh, were they like a penny or two?
0: Yeah. Okay.